Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Would you mind? Sorry, I'm going to do my dad. Could you turn the lights down a little bit? <laughs> it's, it's very bright. And you could turn so I can see people's faces. That would be awesome. But yeah, I'm Luke, Luke Madden. I am Glenn and Sarah Madden's son, the pastors of this awesome church. And thank you for being with us this morning. I'm really excited to share with what, um, what I have God has planned for us, what I believe God has planned for us. Um, if you guys like to, you could open your Bibles to John 4, 46 to 54. It's when Jesus heals the official son. That's what we'll be talking about. All right. So in 2010, me and my family went to Disneyland, and that was the first time we had ever been to Disneyland, and it was amazing. It was so fun, and it was awesome because two of the days, it was raining, so all the locals, they didn't even show up. So there were no lineups or anything. That was the awesome, such a good part of it. But the one thing that I remember from this trip to Disneyland is the Ferris wheel. You know, the Mickey Mouse Ferris wheel, the... Yeah, it's so high, scary. Um, but I didn't realize on this Ferris wheel there were carriages that were, like, stationary, and there were carriages that swung on coasters, I guess. And so we went on the, the carriages that swung, and so every time that the Ferris wheel moves, you swing. And so I don't think there are seatbelts or anything. It was terrifying, honestly. That's probably why I remember it so well. But I remember just this feeling of every time it swung out, just feeling so, like... This thing better hold on. If it doesn't, I'm not going to be able to do anything. Like, it's, it's out of my hands. It's out of my control. That's what I remember thinking. And so this morning we see that this official, who we'll get to in a minute, his life is out of his hands. And so that's the question I want to ask us this morning, is what do we have and what do we trust when our life is out of control? When our life is out of our hands? When we can't do anything about what's facing us? What do we trust in? And do we have what we need? That's the question I want to ask. Do we have what we truly need? So let's look at the first verse here. We're going to take it verse by verse. So John four forty six. So he, Jesus, came again to Cana in Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And at Capernaum, there was an official whose son was ill. So this is the official, and he's the focal point of our of our, um, our story this morning. So this official was one of King Herod's men. This means that he had money, he had power, everything he wanted, this guy had, and if he didn't have it, he could get it. He was in control of his life by what we would define as in control. He had everything he could need, right? It's what it seems, but maybe he didn't. And because we see this at the end of the verse, his son was ill, his son was sick. And all of a sudden, his life is chaos. His life is out of control. His life is out of his hands. This guy had everything he wanted, but he could not heal his son. And so now, life was still out of control. Life was still not in his grasp. It hit him like a tidal wave. It was out of control. And so we see that this guy, even though he had everything he wanted, even though he had everything he could ever ask for, maybe he didn't have what he needed. Maybe he didn't have truly what he needed more than anything else. Because his life was still out of control. His life was still out of his hands. So let's follow this man. See see what he does when his life is out of control here. Verse 47. And this is the first point. Uh, Well, let me read the verse, and I'll tell you what the first point is. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him 
and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So the first point, maybe if you want to write, write this down, he went to Jesus. This man went to Jesus. That's the first thing he did. He knew that his life was out of control. He did not have what he truly needed. His son was ill. His life was out of his hands. And so he went to Jesus. That's the first thing. And I believe we should do that. We should run to Jesus. That's the first point. And he came to Jesus for a very good reason. He came to Jesus so that he could heal his son, right? And I think we do that too. We go to Jesus for good things. And we come to church for good things. But maybe they're not the best thing. Maybe they're not what we truly need. Right? So a good reason could be community or encouragement. Very good reason to come to church. Very good reason like to invite others here to have community, to have encouragement. Maybe it's for worship, having an awesome worship time. Maybe it's for the coffee. Probably not. But anything. Like maybe you come here for a good reason but is it possible that it might not be the best reason? Is it what you truly need? And we see this in Jesus' response, that maybe this guy wasn't here for the best reason. Jesus says this, Unless you, and he's talking to the people here, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. What an odd response, right? Like this guy just comes to Jesus and he asks him, Jesus, please come heal my son. He's going to die. And Jesus goes, unless you guys see wonders, you won't believe in me. Like, what a weird response. It's, he's completely missing what this guy is asking him. This guy's asking him to heal his son, and Jesus just doesn't even notice it. It's a weird response. So why did he, why did he say this? Why did Jesus skip past the problem and say this? He said it because the healings and the wonders, and the miracles that Jesus can perform are not what this guy truly needs. What this guy truly needs is to believe. The best is to believe. The best reason to go to Jesus is to believe. And the best thing in our situation, whether we're out of control or not, is to believe. That's what Jesus is saying here. He's saying that this man needs to believe. In John 20, verse 31, it says this, These are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Savior, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. So the healings are for a much greater purpose. They are to bring Him to belief. They are to bring Him to belief in Jesus. The best is to believe. And if, yeah, if you walk away from this morning remembering one thing, it would be that. The best is to believe believe. The best is to believe. No matter the situation, the best for you, for me, for everybody is to believe in Jesus. And so, just an aside, what does it mean to believe in Jesus? What is the gospel, the good news that Jesus came to bring? And I have a verse from, a passage from Romans three, twenty-three to 25. And this just sums it up beautifully. It says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified by His free grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness, because in His divine forbearance He had passed over former sins. 
So believing in Jesus is to believe that Jesus has freed us from our sins. Amen? That's what we're here. That's what this church is built on, is that Jesus rose from the dead and saved us, that we could know him, so that we could trust him, that he's in control. That it's not us in control of our lives. It is not in our grasp. It is not in our hands. He is in control. We're saying that, Jesus, you are the center of it all, and when I believe in you, I'm believing that you are in control. And that's what Jesus is telling this guy to believe. The official is going, yes, your son is ill. And we'll get to that in a second. But you need to believe. That's what you truly need. First and foremost is to believe. Does that make sense? It's, it's not looking past the issue because he helps this man's issue in a second. He goes to the real need at the core of his heart. He goes, you need to believe. You need to believe. The best is to believe. I think this is a question we need to ask ourselves too. Are we seeking the best? Are we truly seeking what we need? What Jesus says that we need? Are we seeking a good thing? A good thing like community, like encouragement, like worship. Are we seeking those things? Are we seeking Jesus himself? Are we seeking belief in Jesus? Strengthening our belief in Jesus. So the miracles are to create belief. Because what we truly need is Jesus. And so the next verse here is the official's response to Jesus saying, the saying what he said. The official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. He just can't even comprehend what Jesus just said. And if I was in his situation, I probably wouldn't think about it too much either like your son is dying if somebody in my family was dying i would be just all my thoughts would be wrapped up on them i wouldn't be able to think about or comprehend anything else going on i wouldn't be able to think about some deep theological issue that jesus is bringing up here i would just be focusing on my family member who's on the verge of death and so this man it just goes right over his head and i don't blame him And then this is the love and the grace of Jesus. He says this in verse 50. Go, your son will live. Even though this man did not truly understand what Jesus was saying, he didn't understand that Jesus was going, you need to believe more than anything. That's what you truly need. Jesus still heals this man. Isn't that beautiful? Even even though he doesn't understand it, Jesus goes, okay, I'll give you what you're asking for. I'll give you what you want. Because I love you. That's what Jesus has done here. I think that's just the most like most beautiful thing. So then what can we learn from the official's response to Jesus here? The first thing he did was he listened to Jesus. So that's the next point. So he went to Jesus, and now he listens to Jesus. He doesn't frantically run around forcing Jesus to come. He doesn't keep running around looking for answers, asking other people. He just takes time to listen. He just hears Jesus' word. So he runs to Jesus because he's at the end of himself. And then he just listens to Jesus' word. This is so important and a step we can't just gloss over. It says in Romans ten seventeen. That faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So there is no belief, there is no faith unless you hear the word of Christ. 
You cannot believe in Jesus unless you read his words. You cannot believe in Jesus unless you take time to listen to what he has said. And that's where you find what you truly need in what he has said. I think that's another thing we need to ask ourselves. Do we take the time to listen? Do we take the time to be with Jesus and what he's said and his promises to us? That he fights for us. It says in Exodus that he fights for us. We need only be silent and still. It says that he will give us the words to say. It says that he is with us, that he is king over all the earth. He knows all. Do we trust that? Do we listen to that? Do we take time to be in his word? And this is the next, the next verse here. And the next step. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. The man believed the word Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. So he went to Jesus, he listened to Jesus' words, and then he trusted Jesus. That's the next point. He trusted what Jesus had said. This is incredible because Jesus wasn't even in the same town. He was, I looked it up on Google, from Cana to Capernaum, it was around 18 miles. So 18 miles. He was in a completely different part of town. And yet he said, go, your son will live. He has that kind of power. But another thing that's incredible is that this man, the official, didn't have anything to witness. He didn't have anything to see. Even though all the Galileans wanted was just to see Jesus' miracles, they wanted to have something in front of them so they could see with their eyes, Jesus goes, your son will live. I don't need to come down there. He will live. And so the official didn't have anything to hang his coat on. He just has to trust. He just has to trust Jesus' word. That's incredible and such faith. Oh, it's such faith. And this shows that in the middle of our lives being out of control, whatever we face, we have to trust that Jesus is in control. Even though we can't see what he's doing, even though we can't see what he said, even though his promises may, does not make any sense to us right now, because we can't see anything, any one of them coming true yet for us, maybe. We still have to trust that he is in control. And that's what belief in Jesus means. When we surrender to him, we say, Jesus, I believe you died for me. You took away my sin. I trust that you are in control. You are the center of my life. I trust you. Because the best is to believe. And this part is my favorite part of the entire passage. How, how much the official trusted Jesus. So he went to him, he listened to him, he trusted Jesus, and then he puts the trust in action. In verse 51, As he was going down, his servant met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better, and they said to him, Yesterday, at the seventh hour, the fever left him. Notice that word, yesterday. And this was something I had never realized before studying this passage. Yesterday. So the man stayed overnight. This is beautiful. It's beautiful because if he was a wealthy man, he probably rode a horse, right? So he could travel the 18 miles in average horse speed per hour. I don't know. It would be, take him about four or five hours to get home. So he could be home by dinner the same day. But he stayed overnight. He stayed overnight because he trusted Jesus at his word. 
He trusted that Jesus had said he would be healed. And so he had peace. And he had calm that Jesus' word would be true. He stayed overnight. I think if that was me again, if my family members were sick, on the verge of death, and then Jesus goes, go, they will live. I would rush home. I would just be like, okay, I gotta see this. I have to see this to believe this. But this man just trusts Jesus at his word. And he believes, and he has peace. He has peace in his chaos. This is what belief in Jesus does for us. And it's not about us, obviously. We believe in Jesus because Jesus is to be glorified. He is the reason we're alive. He made us. But the effect of that in our lives is peace. Is peace. The best thing for us is to believe. And we see this in Psalm 23, 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. We finally have peace in the middle of our chaos. The only thing that I want when I go through times of trial and when things don't make sense and they're so far out of my hands, the only thing that I truly want is peace. I don't know if it's the same for you, but I just want it to die down. I just want peace in my life. And that's what Jesus brings because he is in control. He is in control. The best is to believe. In Luke 7, it's not going to be on the screen, but in Luke 7, 47 to 49, Jesus says this, and this is the picture of what belief in Jesus does, why it is best to believe. It says this, Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them and trusts them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it, because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them or does not trust them is like a man who built a house on the rock without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. He is like a man who built his foundation on the rock. And so even if, when we believe in Jesus, even if the situation does not change, even if the situation has stayed the same, our foundation has changed. And we have a rock, we have a peace, we have a hope that he is in control. It's not in our hands. We can't do anything about this. But that he has a perfect plan and that he is in control. It is best to believe. The best is to believe. This is what belief in Jesus does. It gives us peace. Gives us peace. Such calm in our battles that no matter what happens, no matter who is sick, no matter who has passed away, no matter what job we lose, no matter how Whatever happens, we have a peace because Jesus is in control. And that's what belief in Jesus does. That's the effect it has on our lives. That we finally, we finally have a hope. That this is not all just for vain. It is not all going to be meaningless in the end. 
that He is in control. He has a perfect plan for us. He is gonna, oh, He's gonna be with us through everything. He gives us peace. So just to recap that as we finish up, it's the three, three things we should do when our lives are out of control. We need to go to Jesus. We need to go to Him. We need to recognize that everything is out of our hands, that we do not have control over what happens to us. And that's okay. Obviously, we can do our best to stay healthy, to be safe, and to do these things. But at the end of the day, it is not us in control of our lives. The next thing we it's Jesus. That's the answer to that one. <laughs> the next thing we need to do is listen to Him. We need to be with Him and hear His words and His promises to us. His promise that if we build our life on His foundation, on His words, when the, when the flood comes and when we are hit, we will not be shaken. We need to hear Him. And we need to trust His word and do them. Just like the official trusted Jesus, stayed overnight, had peace in His storm. Isn't that a beautiful thing? We finally have a hope. That when everything is going wrong, Jesus is in control. Because the best is to believe. Alright, let me pray and the worship team can come up. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your... That you are our foundation. Father, because you're the one who set the earth in motion, you're the one who created us. You're the one in control. We can trust you. We can have peace in our battle. We can have hope that you are still with us. That you and your promises still stand. Father, it's in your hands. I pray for us this morning and this week that we can run to you, Jesus. Jesus, that we can see that you are the one in control. I pray that we can take the time to listen to you and to be with you, to read your words and your teaching and your promises to us. And Father, that we will trust you, that we will believe in you. Father, that our lives may be built on a rock, on a firm foundation as we were singing before, and we will not be shaken. I pray, Jesus, that you lead us to do these things this week. God, the best is to believe. That's what we truly need. Yeah, we love you. Just be glorified as we sing, as we respond. As we're singing this song, Jesus, lead us to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.